You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's The Last Ship After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's The Last Ship After Show. I feel bad playing this song with you, too, because you're not technically American. You're just <laughs> guests of our wonderful country. It's okay. Wish you appreciate it. You know what? McDreamy's an American. That's all that matters. Yes. I love how quickly you guys say yes to that. <laughs> Who cares about what I think? It's all I, about McDreamy. All I heard was... McSteamy and I was like yes oh McSteamy yeah what am I saying I'm not even yeah. saying it right of course McSteamy, McSteamy. Dreamy. Yeah. either works either works for you guys mm-hmm. okay that's unfortunately <laughs> what I thought and I'm unfortunately I'm neither one of those guys hey guys welcome into the last ship after show right here on AfterBuzzTV.com season one episode four entitled we'll get there and eventually the three of us will get there unfortunately we're going to get there without Monsi she is out this week she'll be back next week but I'm Bobby DeMiro as always rounding you guys up next to me is Marina Santos and Charlotte Broadbent hello hello how are you guys doing today Good. How are you? Has everybody recovered from the AfterBuzz pool party, which was hot, by the way? It was mm-hmm. so much fun. And by so much fun, Marina, you were like dancing on tables, kind of leading everybody. <laughs> in char- I'm just kidding. That's a lie. <laughs> there I, no- we were beer pong champs. Just throwing it out there. Hey, okay. If you want to talk about it, we were. <laughs> uh, yes, we won like six games in a row. And by we, I, of course, mean you carried the team. But by luck. But I'll take it. Whatever. Hey, I'll- claim it, girl. Claim yeah. it. Claim- you're- this is the way I've you been become- practicing for it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way you become an American. You have to be really cocky about winning stuff. Oh, okay. So I got it. You're, I can you're, do that. Yeah, you're on the way. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And I won't even ask you about the World Cup. We'll just get right into the oh, show. Man. Sorry, sorry, Brazil. <laughs> all right, guys, as we get into the show, thank you so much for all the YouTube views, all the comments, and all the iTunes downloads. I think we're still in the top 10 literally every day of every week here on After Buzz with The Last yeah. Ship. So we know the show is popular. We know The Last Ship itself is popular, and we're hoping the after show lives up to it. So on behalf of these two, thank you guys for doing that. Thank Keep you. it up. Um, let's jump into it today, guys. Yes. Let's start with character development. I was watching with one of our engineers and producers here at AfterBuzz, Marissa, who does a ton of different shows. She was just kind of hanging out in the viewing room with me watching it. And I said, come in, watch The Last Ship. You'll love it. It's action. It's Michael Bay. Like, stuff's going to get blown up, you know, whatever. <laughs> and she sees the first three or four scenes, and it's all flashbacks, character development, relationships. And she's looking at me, and she's like... Are you lying? Like, where's all <laughs> the explosions? This isn't what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is totally a departure from the first three episodes. And Charlotte, I got to ask you because you said it, so I'm curious. I thought this was the best episode. You don't. You didn't like it. I didn't think it was because I think I I love the show because of the action, because of the the drama, because of the need for them to get the vaccine done, and people are after them. Everyone wants to save people and this episode was kind of not about that like it was more about them stuck on the ship away from their families it wasn't as much about trying to save the world it was more about them which i, I guess is kind of makes me shallow in some respect <laughs> no 
know. <laughs> I think you need that, though. I mean, I don't yeah. know about how you guys feel, but you you have to have that character. Yeah. And we knew we were going to get it because mm-hmm. they need legitimate reasons to do what they do. And we learn about Chandler's relationships and Slattery. And we'll talk about all that specifically in a second. But I think you need some of that. The only character development and kind of the only emotional tug we had seen up to this point was them listening on the radio to other people calling out for help. Yeah. And that's kind of an emotional, weird thing to have to hear other people mm-hmm. just begging for help and not being able to do anything. So I personally thought this was the best episode for a lot of different reasons, but one of them is we finally see these relationships develop. Yeah, you do need character development, but I feel like it was somewhat an overload. We got so much of so many different people. I wish it had kind of been a little more spread out, but that's just my opinion. I like that it was different. You know, my worry for the show was that every episode was going to be the same thing. And it was just going to be action and action and action. And we weren't going to see anything different. So I really liked that they actually went to a different direction and show something different. And it still fit within the show. You know, it wasn't something that was an absurd, completely different. It's still, you know, they just threw some flashbacks in there and, um, you know, focus more on the ship instead of the whole idea of the vaccine. So I really liked it. I did like having a week off the Russians. I will say that. Yeah. We can't do the Russians every week. That's going to go way too repetitive. So I'm glad that we're at least beyond them for a little while. Uh, but let's get into some of these relationships. And let's start with Chandler because we see of the backstories that we know so far before this episode, his we knew the most about. We had seen some other stuff from his wife and heard his story. But we see a lot with his kids, his son giving him the picture to take with him, his daughter giving him the bracelet that he was going to put in his pocket so it's over his heart, mm-hmm. and his mom having all the feels, or his wife having all the feels when she's crying because mm-hmm. her kids are saying that. Tim. So we learn a little bit about what his motivation is to get back home. Interestingly, though, with a lot of these guys, and Slattery is one of them, we need to humanize people like Slattery with their backstories because they're just soldiers to us. To me, Chandler has already been humanized. So I watch this, Mm -hmm. and I feel it, but I'm also like, well, he's already a good guy for me, so maybe this is maybe it is a little overkill that we already knew this about him. We didn't need as much from episode one. Remember, yeah. we talked about mm-hmm. it how he he had an emotional side and he was nice to everyone. So I think, like you said, we already knew that about him. But I did like that they showed him with his family because we've been talking a lot about him and Rachel and if something's going to happen and that kind of destroyed it for me. You know, it really brought him back to his family. Yeah, I thought this is what I expected from him. He's just a suburban guy. When it comes to it, that's what he is. And that this is just a job to him and it that just proved what I thought. I do, what we've kind of known all along. And I do like what you're saying, Marina, about family and about... Um, Rachel, because I know that there's a little bit of tension between the two of them, and I never thought that they were going to kind of get together. There's other romantic relationships there, but seeing this now and seeing his family, in excuse me, until maybe he knows for certain, until there's a conclusion of some kind and a grieving period or whatever, nothing's going to happen with Rachel simply because he's not on that wavelength. No, absolutely. I mean, he's been on the radio a lot um, yeah. during this episode, just trying to find his family. Yeah, but I think he may, something may develop and something may happen to try and make him more of the bad guy and not so much of the goody captain that loves everyone, that tries to help everything, which is what a captain should be. But to kind of get, you never know what's going to happen when people are stranded. You don't know what's happened to your family. And I think there's more going to be more to that. I don't know. I might have to disagree. I think if something's going to happen, it's going to be with Mike. Is Slattery? With Slattery, yeah. yeah. Slattery, sorry. You couldn't remember his last name. Um, 
So I think if there will be some drama or something going on, it's going to be with him and not with Chandler. Well, let's talk oh, Slattery. I definitely think there's going to be drama there. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk Slattery because Slattery mentions that he left badly with his wife, which first off would cause enough guilt if you guys weren't on speaking terms or whatever it was with his wife. And then, you know, she may be dead and you may never see her again and you may never have gotten the chance because you had radio silence on the boat. Mm-hmm. But now we also learn that his son died. And we don't know the story. We don't know what's behind it. His son was named Lucas, I guess. We don't really know what happened. I don't know if it was an accident or sickness or what, but something happened. And there was a point there where Chandler's kind of like, you know, you didn't do You couldn't do anything about it. You know, you did what you could do. It's not your fault sort of idea. So I'm wondering with Slattery now, what is his motivation to get back home? And what is his motivation to miss people? Because it's maybe a little bit different and a little more serious as even than Chandler. That was such a... A cliche thing to say there's nothing else he could have done yeah because you got on a ship for five months without talking where you couldn't talk to anyone there's nothing else you could have done because that's what you had to do for your job but really is that what you had to do no you could have given up your job if it meant that much to and not many people do give up their jobs for their family but if it meant that much to you there's more you you know there's more you could have done well at this point now knowing what happened in the world maybe that's what he's thinking yeah. he says you know my job is important i have to go on these missions but i could have been discharged and i know serving your time in the military is a little bit different you can't just leave when you want but something could have happened or i could have asked for a different duty or mm-hmm. something if my family is important and the emotion i'm thinking slattery has to be feeling is total regret yeah and i mean even i wouldn't be able to leave for five months knowing that i'm not on speaking terms with my loved one or my son just died that i just wouldn't be able to deal with that and obviously that's why he comes off so harsh and so rough because he just doesn't that's just the way he's had to train himself to be because of what he has had to deal with i mean i think they never expect something like this would happen when they're leaving and they're you know going on missions and they're going to be gone for you know five eight months years um but I think he's feeling a lot of guilt. You know, he left in bad terms with his wife. And I think that's really killing him. And that's why he's he has that grudge. And he's, you know, he, he wished he could have done something different. And maybe to me, that guilt, that regret is why he lashes out a little bit and mm-hmm. does what he does. Mm-hmm. Because a lot like Chandler and a lot like a lot of these people on this ship... The orders, week in and week out, as we get deeper and deeper into this into this show, the orders and the hierarchy is going to matter less and less and less. And yeah, you want to keep under Chandler, and Chandler's proven himself to be a very capable captain who makes some risky decisions we'll talk about today, but a very capable captain, a very caring captain with how he's caring for the people around him. But even so, when you get more and more desperate, the hierarchy kind of, you know, grays out and is not black and white because the government may not exist anymore, so who cares? And you want to go home. People like Slattery who already have that regret and that guilt inside mm-hmm. may start really acting out. Right. And, and I would hope so for the show, right? Yeah, and I, th- I think it will. And I think this is just this is just only part of what we're going to be told about him and it's going to more and more is going to come out. But I can totally see now why he's so hard. I totally see it. Yeah, he's... He's just sad. It's probably the way he's dealing with it, right? Instead of being just sad and letting it out, he's toughened up. And he's putting on other people. And he's trying to, you know, play hard. Which, you know, everybody deals differently. But I think it's going to create some drama in the next few episodes. Speaking of drama, relationship number three now to talk about is our friend Quincy and Rachel Scott. First Uh, thing about Rachel, it sounds like while Quincy left a family at home, Chandler left a family, Slattery left something of a family with whatever's going on, Rachel left a, um, a hookup buddy? 
that flies in every now and again. Every two every, weeks? Every two yeah. weeks or two I'm months. telling you guys, yeah. this sounds like a wonderful relationship. Sign me up. <laughs> if anybody perfect. Wa- if anybody wants to sign up, just tweet at Bobby. Yeah, tweet at Bobby DeMiro. <laughs> if you're in the LA area or flying here once every two weeks, tweet at Bobby DeMiro. Um, and you're a, a woman. Let's make that be very clear. Um, anyways... <laughs> As I completely lose my train of thought. So we know that Rachel, and I think we were kind of led to believe this anyways because of how focused she is. Mm -hmm. She's a total workaholic. But she says to Quincy, you don't know what I've left behind. Which, you're right, Rachel, we don't. So Mm -hmm. please tell us on a future show. Who knows? Maybe she left something significant behind, too. I think think they will. I wonder if, you know, every few episodes they'll, they'll try to focus on somebody. Like, today it was Chandler and his family. And obviously, there's a lot of background with Rachel based on what she said. You know, you don't know what I've been got, what I went through, and you don't know my pain, so don't say anything. So I think there is a lot of history um, in her past that we're gonna find out. Yeah, she. I think, and I, I Rachel Scott reminds. I don't know who plays her, but reminds me of Rona Sandra Mitra. Bullock. Rona Mitra. And I think Sandra Bullock. Just the way that Sandra Bullock has always went, the people she plays, like, she's kind of the one that doesn't really have a significant other, plays hard to get. She's kind of the guy's guy. She puts work before uh, anything else. And that's exactly what Rachel Scott does. And I think that's why she doesn't really have... I can see that she just has somebody that kind of comes in every two weeks and maybe to her it's more than it is to him or maybe the other way around I think it could be the other way around that the guy maybe wants more and she doesn't um, because she's so work driven but um, Quincy kind of took a really weird turn Quincy took a real weird turn one one thing about Rachel that just clicked on me when you were talking about her with being work driven before we talk about Quincy is when you go to the hospital or if you've ever had like surgery or something you know you want your doctor your surgeon or your medical professional to be removed from the situation emotionally. You don't mm-hmm. want, you know, if your husband or wife's a doctor, you're not going to have them operate on you because they're not removed emotionally. And so maybe Rachel is the perfect person for the vaccine, for all the medical stuff, because emotionally she cares very differently than Quincy, who we know is a hothead, or anybody yeah. else who has specific people in mind. And what we've seen so far of Rachel is she's just kind of like, I'm trying to develop the vaccine. Like, I'm trying to solve this, not for one person, not for one emotional need, but this is what I do, mm-hmm. this is what I love to do, and this is a challenge. And to me, that's a good thing. As lonely as her personal life may or may not be, it's a good thing for literally the world because she can remove herself and her own investment emotionally and just look at the facts, the Definitely. science. And the way that when the vaccine was being put into the water, you'd think it was something, and yes, it's very valuable, but you would think it was something a lot more valuable to her that she was potentially losing yeah. than a vaccine. Um, just from the way that she was, she was, I mean, sweating and just shaking. She was just so scared for the vaccine. And I get it, it's a lot of hard work, but I feel like there was some correlation that that is, that means the most to her, whereas to other people, it's family. Yeah. I think she just has a lot of weight on her shoulders because there's nobody else that can do what she does. Apparently, yeah. on the Russian ship, there is. <laughs> well, he, well, he was struggling. That, that yeah. she needs. We know, we know <laughs> that the person who can't do what she does is Quincy, though. Right. Yes. This guy, although he he did help with sequencing and stuff, they needed Quincy in this episode to help with things that she couldn't do, but. He's also a very, very kind of hot-headed guy. And you can't blame him because he has family issues. But guess what? Everybody else on that damn ship has family issues. So get it together, man. I know he's not a soldier. He's not a sailor. So he's a little bit different than them. But uh, wrong guy to take on the mission. Yeah, he Mm. went cuckoo. He 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 was too emotional. Crazy. 
I don't know why he was lashing out at Rachel. I mean, she really hasn't done anything to him. Um, he was the one that did him to himself. And really, Rachel was being nice to him when he was trying to take off the cap um, with the virus and mm. to, to kill everyone in the ship. So he just went crazy, crazy this episode. Yeah, it was very cheap on his part to call her selfish and say she was just doing what she was doing to get attention and to be famous when, you know, the truth is she's trying to save the world. But is that the truth? Maybe there is some... I mean, they've worked together for 10 years. So obviously he knows her. So I think there's some truth to what he's saying. I don't think it's exactly true that she's selfish and all she wants is the fame. I don't think the fame is really what she cares about because everyone's dead. Yeah, So how is she going to get famous? Who would you be famous to? After Buzz TV would be no more. (laughs) Like, everything is gone. Who? I don't know who would be famous. But I guess he understands maybe her motivations a little bit differently. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. and maybe that's right. But it's still a little risky. And it's very risky for them to have released him and let him help her and leave him from that galley room that he was in or whatever. And Um, the gods went out. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, maybe the gods should stay. (laughs) (laughs) And it surprised me that they also let him negotiate. You know, instead of just demanding him to do something. I think that was a conscious decision to show how compassionate Chandler is. And uh, Quincy didn't ask for anything crazy. He asked to play chess. um, And he asked for something else. Now I've forgotten what it was. Sunlight. Sunlight, yeah. So he asked for sunlight. He asked to play chess. And then they bring in Bacon, that chess guy, who's a jerk to him, which I think is kind of like, you know, hey, dude, we're going to give you what you want, but not really well. You're Mm -hmm, just going to do whatever. But I think this is Chandler saying, go along to get along. This is what a good leader does. You can't be too vindictive because if you're too vindictive, you start doing what the Russian leader did, which is you start killing your own guys. And if you do that too much... You know, if you if you keelhaul Quincy like they mentioned doing and stick him under the boat, he's dead. And then what happens with the next person who misbehaves yeah. and the next? And then mm-hmm. you're down a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, And I think that was the final straw. I mean, they couldn't really do anything else but negotiate with him. Or he wasn't going to do it. Even though, ironically, in a way, Quincy was kind of terrorizing the ship with what he was holding back and what he was waiting for with Rachel. Mm-hmm. And what, one or two episodes ago, Chandler said verbatim on the show, we don't negotiate with terrorists, and everybody blew up, you know, the other terrorists. And he's negotiating with, in a way, a terrorist here. I'm yeah, just saying. that is true. Mm-hmm. Good point. That's true. I didn't even think about that. I'm just saying. But I think he just didn't have a way out. You yeah. know, like, Rachel needed Quincy to help her. And there's nobody else that can do it. So, got to take one for the team. And Rachel got so hot-headed, and he even said it. He's like, you got to calm down, or whatever he said to her when she left. And then he had to go in and play. She played bad cop, and he played good cop. And then Slattery came in and played kind of dirty, good, bad, (laughs) threatening cop, whatever. Kind of mind games. (laughs) Yeah, kind of what his I think his character is. Yeah. So, it, it worked out to be the characters that they've all kind of portrayed. And that's another thing we learn about Slattery. It hasn't been significant yet, but he was a homicide detective in Chicago. So that's an interesting thing as we learn more about his life. Again, you have to be hard to be a homicide detective. Yeah. What, what you're going through, what you're seeing, you have to put up a, a slate. Like You can't show emotions. You can't be seen to have it affect you. So he's used to that. I wonder what made him want to leave Chicago and get in the Navy. I wondered the same thing because just from a logistical perspective, unless he had been in the Navy before and had been discharged or whatever, he's not a lowly sailor in the ranks. He's Mm -hmm. second in command on a major ship on major missions. You don't just kind of like leave homicide in 2012 and achieve this in 2013. So I wonder what that story is. How long ago? What was the impetus for leaving? Maybe he'd been a sailor in his past. I don't know if any of it matters, but I just would kind of like to know some of their literal 
backstories to kind mm-hmm. of fill out in my head what's going on. And that's yeah. one of the things. Mm-hmm. But oh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I'm sure we'll find out. I'm sure there's going to be another episode like this in maybe three episodes time. Yeah. So you have two, two blow-up episodes and one meaningful and two blow-up. <laughs> balance one. it yeah. out. Balance okay. it out. <laughs> All right. I can deal with that. Hey, speaking of blow-ups, though, what about our last kind of big relationship to talk about? Well, I guess we got two more. But one of them is uh, Danny and Lieutenant Foster. His uh, on-again, off-again, I love you, leave me alone girlfriend. Which, thanks for tweeting that the other day, last week, Good and hashtag, starting right? the hashtag. It's too long. We had to think of a better hashtag. It's just too long. I love you. Was I love you, leave me alone? I love you, but you have to leave me alone. Yeah, That's something so like way that. too long. Yeah, wow. long. Way too long. I'm not retweeting that. It's way too long. Um, but we see Danny today, and Danny obviously struggling. And, and the interesting thing with this, and thank goodness for Tex Nolan, we need somebody who is <laughs> brings a little levity and is kind of mm-hmm. comic you know, relief or whatever. And he's doing that in spades, and he's kind of hitting on Foster and saying, you know, well, she's enlisted, but I'm not, or whatever, and gets the message. And then later on, Tex sees that Danny's interested in her. Uh, but Danny struggles with that. Danny struggles with Tex being interested in Foster. And then he really struggles with that other guy on the beach party at the end of the episode. N- not doing anything inappropriate, but just Danny seeing them together mm-hmm. was enough for him to be like, I made a mistake. I mean, I think he was already too emotional attached to leave the relationship. I think I understand why he did it last episode. You know, it's very hard to work with someone that you love in circumstances where you're both in danger and you're having to sneak around right and you're on a ship you can't go anywhere Mm -hmm. else you're in a finite space yeah but i think he's he's too far into this relationship and now it's too late and instead of just you know staying together he's just suffering even more because if she dies he's still gonna suffer the same way whether they're together or not well yeah because we know he's an an emotional person but it's just a typical guy you don't know what you got till you lost it are you serious Really? Typical guy. Typical really? guy. Oh. Sounds like a girl who's been scorned a time or two, and this is just what she tells herself to help her out. Hey. <laughs> but it's true. A lot of guys don't know what they have until they've lost it. And I think it's clear that he's feeling that now when he sees a text wanting to hit on her and saying that she's, ooh, she's hot, got to get something on the ship. And then the other guy, when they're on the island, he's like... Damn, what did I do? See, but I think he knew what he had. I don't, you know, I don't think he took her for granted. I think he was trying to protect her in a way. And, you know, if something happened to him, she wouldn't suffer as much. I I don't think he was being, um, what is the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Like regretful or being too over the top emotional? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think he did that because he was being selfish or because he didn't love her or he didn't want the best for her. I think he thought he was doing the right thing. But in the end, it's, it's really not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not helping the cause. They're just now being sat on the corner on the ship and seeing each other. And it's very uncomfortable. And this is why you don't date at work. We said it a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, but especially in this situation, it's like in middle school when you have like a middle school relationship, like a junior high relationship, and you're like 12 and you don't actually have a relationship. You just like go to the dance and like not dance together. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. And then you like something happens and you like you know, break up, quote unquote, but then you have to see that person and it's agonizing. And that's a huge deal when you're 12. Now add all the actual emotions of being an adult in a situation like this. You're in a finite space that you can't leave. And then every time Foster talks, 
talks to another man for any purpose you don't know. If you still feel that way about her, you're going to question it and not go maybe into a jealous rage or something and she's not doing anything wrong by talking to other people, but you don't know because of how you feel about her and it's got to be agonizing if you're Danny. So this dude is going to have all the terrible feelings mm-hmm. for the next six episodes. Yeah, and this is a couple that I would like to know that backstory. Yeah. Because, I mean, if they're in love, then they must have been dating for a while. You don't just fall in love in two weeks or however, or a couple months that they've been on the ship. Surely they were dating, well, maybe they weren't dating. Were they dating before they were on the ship and then they got put onto this mission together and they were surprised that they were together? Like, what's the backstory? I would like to know it too, how they got together, Mm -hmm. if it was on the ship or not. But at the same time, four or five months, a long time. Yeah. You know? But to be sneaking around and they can't, like... They can't get, hang out and get, hey, really ever, get to know But that's each what's other. exciting. Have you ever heard of Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> Goodness, this is just a modern day, you know, nautical you, Romeo and Juliet. You want that's all it, you is. want what you can't get. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So it's exciting for them to be sneaking around. Love lessons here on the last ship. You want what you can't get, and you don't know what you've got until so it's you gone. Lost it. Okay, I like that. Uh, last relationship to talk about, and then we will move on to. Uh, actually what happened kind of in the episode and run down more of the logistical stuff. But the last interesting thing is Jeter. Jeter comes out of nowhere, talks on the deck on whatever you want to call it on the deck of the ship to Chandler about the ship and then about Jeter's own accident. Which, you probably think this was overdone if you said the episode was a little overdone, Charlotte. But I thought this was the most epic, like inspirational speech since like Literally since Independence Day with Bill Pullman being president, talking about the F-16s, you know, we will not go quietly in like one of those speeches. Mm-hmm. This was like one of those speeches. Awesome. Well, Chandler had a really good speech a few episodes ago, remember? When they found out about the vaccine and he oh, gave the... Re- yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that's yeah. when you brought up the Independence Day. But I agree. It was pretty epic. It was kind of emotional. I guess they it had was, a moment. And it wasn't like a speech. It was just a one-on-one yeah. moment. So, so yeah, this would have been a little bit different, but it was still pretty epic. It was I an encouragement, it. which was nice. I think he was doubting himself. Chandler was doubting himself for a while he wasn't sure what to do they hadn't drank water in over two days you know people were going down and they couldn't move they couldn't do anything so i think he was feeling a little like a failure yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah well he didn't have a plan and i think he said to him he's like so what's your vision and chandler said i don't have one which he needed some upping and he needed some encouragement for that that time Mm -hmm. and that worked No, and it did work. And Jeter, one of his big messages that I took away is the idea of keep listening. Because Jeter kind of said, it was my fault for the accident. I killed my wife and girls. I died seven times in the hospital and they brought me back. I assume that's what coded means. I coded seven Mm -hmm. times in the hospital and Mm -hmm. they brought me back. Um, And then he kind of says, and I thought I came back for a purpose. I didn't know. I was hoping I came back for a purpose, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm here and I know I've come back for a purpose. You are our leader. We follow you. And he kept saying, keep listening. Because Chandler... Chandler didn't have a lot of confidence at this point, and I think Jeter knew that, and hence the pep talk in the first place, but he knew it in the sense of Chandler wasn't totally in control of the situation. He was just trying to dictate what he wanted to happen, and Jeter's point was somebody else is in control of the situation. And he mm-hmm. says it. He even said whether it's God or something else. Yeah. He's kind of like, whatever well, it is, somebody's in control of this. Keep listening and doing what they... And we've learned that he's also the religious one on the boat, right? He's always the one who's preaching and yeah. reading the Bible. So it makes it seem when he says, keep listening, it's like, keep listening. Like, God will help you. Something will come. You will know what to do. You're the leader. Yeah, and it was another great speech when he had everyone in the circle and he was reading the Bible to them. And I'm not religious, but I was like, wow, this is exactly what they needed. Yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. 
Yeah. Although there is no proselytizing in the American military system, and a lot of people have gotten into trouble for that before, although... Mm-hmm. Where's the system nowadays? Where's yeah. the government? Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of free all mm-hmm. for himself. So interesting stuff. And I suppose technically if you're a religion scholar and you want to comment on this, if you freely choose to go to a prayer circle, you're allowed to do that. Prosthetizing is more you can't force people into right, doing that. Right, right. But it was an interesting scene and kind of an interesting dichotomy with using religion in that scene because we hadn't seen that a lot before. Mm-hmm. We've seen parts of it with Jeter just to establish him, but we hadn't seen an over-the-top, overarching religious theme yet in the show. And to quote from the Bible specifically with Moses is like, okay, now we're now we're really talking. And there wasn't everybody there, so it was obviously yeah. just Yeah, it was just a few, yeah. mm-hmm. a group of yeah. people. Um, all right, well, let's get to uh, what actually happened in the show. We kind of run down relationships. Obviously, we've never taken this much time on relationships on any show so far because we haven't needed to. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to do that. So not as much, obviously, in the show. But basically, the gist of this episode is um, everything goes wrong again. Of course. Imagine that. But it's not opponents. It's not adversaries. It's power and generators. Right. Which I'm kind of glad it happened. You know, they've been on the ocean for over five months now. And nothing had happened. The ship is perfect. And, you know, they barely had fuel until last episode. No, two ago, right? Yeah. And so I, I like that it was something wrong. You know, the ship can't last forever. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's going to start breaking and they're going to have to deal with issues. So I thought it was very interesting that they actually did that. And they took a whole episode for it. Yeah, I agree. And it was something along the uh, idea of... They make it out of Gitmo safely. Everything's kind of working out for the ship. This is kind of the episode where you say, okay, the Russians are gone. We haven't gone to the next island yet. So what else can happen? Oh, it's got to be an internal problem. Mm-hmm. you know. And this is an idea for Chung. Chung in this episode, kind of the assistant engineer guy, really comes of age because the top lady is down with illness or whatever. And he really comes of age and kind of talk about believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Chandler didn't really believe in what he was doing while it was going on. And he wasn't sure. Neither did Chung. Chung had no belief in himself until the end when it worked out. And yeah. and now hopefully he's learned and grown himself. And is the is everything fixed? Because I don't I didn't get the the idea that everything was fixed. I think this still may be continuing problems because generators don't just fix themselves. Well, I yeah. think I think what was going on was it was kind of two problems in one. The engines had died, the generators were going out and were blowing out because of that, and everything had overheated, and they needed seven days to fix the engines. But the problem is in those seven days, they were running out of water. Mm-hmm. So they fixed problem number one by getting water by going to this island. Mm-hmm. And then problem number two is the engines, which I took to mean they have the tools and stuff to fix them. It would just take time. And while they are now camped on that island, they can fix everything. And theoretically, it'd be relatively back mm-hmm. to normal. Yeah, I and say. I think the one of the prob- main problems was the fact that when they were in Gitmo, they couldn't get the water because they didn't know if it was contaminated or not. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they and they had and obviously they had kind of no idea what would happen after Gitmo. Their priority mm-hmm. was to get out, so they couldn't really plan ahead. Yeah, like they probably would have wanted to uh, to do that. So we'll see what happens next episode with that. But I would imagine, at least for the time being, the ship problems are probably behind them. Mm-hmm. I would hope. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think they have to, like you said, it'll take a few days. Um, and I think based on what we saw in the preview, they're gonna be there f- for a little bit. Or go to a separate island. I, I took yeah. it as a separate it, it island. Was a separate, yeah, I, I okay. took yeah. it as a separate island, too, because that's so isolated. The yeah. island that they were on, it doesn't, I mean, it's tiny. Um, I mean, we really didn't see that much. We just saw that beach scene, so yeah. I don't... Just from the onlook. Yeah, from the onlook, um, like it's small. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about um, that end, that beach party scene. 
Yeah. I thought it was really funny. And I yeah. thought it was funny because they look like they're partying. They had solo cups. Everybody's I having know. a good time. They're not drinking beer. Everybody's like drinking water. water. <laughs> they're all drinking water and they're like really happy about drinking water and they're chugging and they're doing whatever. And you look at that thing and you're like, oh, this is a cool beach party. You're like, oh, no, it's not. They're not on leave. I mean, they're technically on shore leave, but they're, this is water. <laughs> they're trying to, it's a funny dichotomy of like, this is what sailors do mm-hmm. when they get on leave. They go home, they go party, they drink, they get on land. Mm-hmm. They're doing that, but it's not alcohol. It must be a weird feeling for them because for that couple hours, however long they were there, doing that, having fun, they're able to have fun, not think about anything, relax, get water, rehydrate, but then they have to go back on the ship and realize that this is still reality. Yeah. We still ha- we're still on a mission, but it must have, so it must have been strange because I wouldn't have been able to click off and then just relax, but. I mean, I don't know if necessarily they clicked off but i think they needed a break you know after the last few days and they no water and the pressure they were under it was good for them to just like okay i can take a breath yeah and And, and they didn't get a break going into gitmo they didn't get a break coming out of gitmo so they needed one i mean it's been what months that they've been on the ocean and they haven't had a break so i think that was that was good for them and that's gonna bring them back and with more energy and wanting to do more and you know, go forward with their mission. But it was interesting. I really liked. I liked the song. Mm-hmm. I yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a great song. She had a beautiful voice. I don't remember her name. Do Nothing know, like. Alicia? I don't know if you've ever known her name. Nothing like. Uh, just you know, sailors just belting out with perfect voices. Oh my yes. god! Yeah, exactly. Right. A, a I was guitar- like, she. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say a guitar player and a singer. Like, of course, it's great. Yeah, but I guess if you're on you know a ship for five months, somebody brings their guitar. So yeah. it's okay. I'll take it. Yeah. Whatever. That's fine. Uh, what about Rachel Scott? Not her relationships, but her in the show today. So she has a vaccine prototype. She's got the primordial sample. She's got the Egyptian sample. And now she thinks she has a prototype of the vaccine. So we'll obviously find out if she does. But Quincy has sequenced it for her. Uh, I guess we have nobody to compare her to besides that Russian scientist or the Swedish Scandinavian scientist mm-hmm. employed by Russia by his own will or not. Um do we think she has the vaccine prototype? Is she as good as she says she is, or is there something else going on here? Like, is she, she is she that close to saving the world? I don't think right now she has it. I think she will, but I right now I don't think she does. Yeah, I think I think it's not perfect yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're going to do some test, tests with monkeys, and yeah, uh, they do need to go to Costa Rica. Yeah, they're going to go yeah. to Costa Rica, and something's not going to be perfect um, because that'll be too easy. Right? For exactly. a season, they'd figure yeah. it out and it's done. Like, what is next? I don't know. What is next? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It can't happen <laughs> yet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she's got it quite right yet. And I think it's, I think she's going to need more of Quincy. And I think um, there's going to be more to it. And she did. And I know you talked about this with her relationship a little bit. But she did get very agitated when they had to put that thing in the water. Kind of ingenious to do that. To keep it cool. Just to send it down in the mm-hmm. water to keep it cool. But she got very, very, very agitated about that. Because all of her work would have been lost. Everything mm-hmm. would have been destroyed. And that's it. Yeah. Um, I think if that had happened. I know it didn't. So there's no point in speculating and debating it. But if that had happened and she loses the vaccine and prototype and stuff. Where do you go from there? Do you just go to the uninhabited island and hang out? I mean, what would you do if you're on that ship? You lose the vaccine trying to cool it off. What's the next step? I know it worked out. If, if but they what if had, it yeah, if they had no more resources, that would be the end, right? It'll be. Yeah. I mean, they could 
procreate. <laughs> well, just start a new, yeah, start a new can, generation of people. And, yeah, yeah, but it, they're in a small island. What they're going to do? Yeah. yeah. Right? Exactly. It's not even smart. They're going to run out of resources yeah. eventually. Well, and this is why we need, and that's, I guess why I'm getting at this is, this is why we need more backstory for these people, because I need specific reasons why they need to go home. So far, we've seen like, oh, gee, I hope my family is still alive, which is serious and terrible. But if the if the virus is as bad as it is, your family's probably not still alive. Yeah. You know, almost no one's still alive. So if it were me and the government has disappeared, you're not hearing anything from anybody, you're not doing whatever, at some point you kind of got to scratch your head and ask a hard question and say, this is an uninhabited island. It's theoretically got coconuts and other stuff we could probably eat. Can we stay here for a while, wait for the thing to blow over, and repopulate the planet as a group? Which I know is a lot of people say, well, that's the cowardly thing to do. You're the U.S. Mm -hmm. Navy. You've got a mission, blah, blah, blah. You're not the Navy anymore. You're a ship in the water. You're Nothing just trying exists. to survive. Yeah. And I respect that people want to go home to their families, but at what point do you have to face facts and say, my family's dead, your family's dead, we've kind of known it from the beginning. Do we want to kill another couple hundred people on the ship, or do we at least want to wait till it blows over and start over? Mm-hmm. I think that's where the radio comes in, right? The radio is keeping them grounded. Good call. And, you know, while they're listening to those people crying for help... They're going to keep going at it, and then you want to go back. But I think if one day they turn the radio on and they don't hear anything, then maybe that will be... That's what they'll do. Damn you for making an argument better than mine. <laughs> Winning. Marina, Marina wins everything now. I don't know what you're doing, but that was a great call. The radio will definitely keep them in tune and give them something a little weird and a little more specific. Those radio scenes are creepy. Yeah. It would be creepy to yeah. hear people, to know you can't respond, to not be able to do anything. People are in distress, and you're just like almost a voyeur kind of listening to. That's it's weird. miserable. Why? Yeah. I feel like it's torture listening yeah, to them. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's Chandler. Remember at the end of the show when Rachel comes in and thanks Chandler and they have that kind of powwow while everybody else is celebrating off the ship. Chandler is sitting there alone listening to the radio while everybody else is mission accomplished, we did well. And I know Chandler went down and gave Chung pineapple or whatever it was mm-hmm. and kind of had a good conversation. But then Chandler goes and subjects himself to this torture of listening to the radio because he's trying to listen for his wife. Yeah, I think he's just tra- he's just waiting and yeah. hoping that he's going to... Because yeah. they have the ability to be able to do that. So the fact that they haven't, I think, is is scaring him. And it's a very emotional episode for him because it's also his anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really, you know, in his in his mind, and that's why he's trying so hard to get in touch with his wife, and doubting, you know, whether they're alive or not. Mm-hmm. I like it. I have so many predictions. I want to get to him. Do we have any news first, though? I don't think so. I have something okay, cool. very small. Do but it. I don't know. No, let's run it. Let's run some news and gossip, Ben. All right. We'll make it huge. (laughs) It's not even that exciting, but we'll try. (laughs) All right, Marina, what you got? All right. According to ComingSoon.net, TNT is teaming up with Crave Online to rock Comic-Con this year with a Friday night party celebrating the last ship. Uh, They're going to have MGMT performing, and they're also going to have a panel with all of the stars there. Oh, wow. With a Q&A. That's so, pretty. Well, that's yeah. the, it's San Diego, right? Let's go mm-hmm. down to yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be fun. I mean, well, hold on, girls. I got to ask. I mean, if McSteamy's going to be there, <laughs> you're like a two and a half hour drive away from McSteamy. That's nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> we'll be there. Oh, Lord. You guys would both enlist in the Navy if McSteamy were actually in the Navy. So two and a half Ooh. hour drive, San Diego, nothing. 
<laughs> I'll be interested to see what they do about something like that shit because so much of Comic-Con, it's not just, you know, comics and superheroes anymore, but it's a lot of science fiction, it's a lot of adventure, it's a lot of fantasy stuff, and The Last Ship, while it's adventurous, doesn't totally fit. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't really fit into the Comic-Con scene, so I'm interested, like you said, to see how they do into that. Although it is Michael Bay yeah. of Transformers right. fame, so maybe there's yeah. something else there. Yeah. I, I have no doubt how they got in, but I'm just interested to see how what the crossover is between kind of hardcore Comic-Con people and sort of last ship. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's why because they're, that's why they're doing a party because it's a good way to get away with it at Comic Con. Oh, just throw a party, have somebody famous perform, and people are gonna you know want to see it. <laughs> yeah, and Comic Con today, just like South by Southwest in Texas, is very different than it was 15 and 20 years ago. It was such a niche event, you know, even just a couple of years ago, and it's become so mainstream mm-hmm. that you're gonna see more kind of crossover like this, and you already have, and you're gonna see musical acts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that'll be cool. Well, we'll what day is that? How soon is that? I think Did it say it is let's take a look um July 24th to the 27th so oh. that's very Real soon, soon. Like so it'll be away. so our next episode we won't be able to do it but maybe two weeks from now we'll have to recap what that Q&A was because you know it's going online somewhere mm-hmm. so we'll have to check Absolutely. it out and see what they said so yeah. I'd be interested too not just with the cast to do Q&A but also if they have you know graphics people or a producer or a director to talk about sort of CGI and production on a lot of the fight scenes and the explosion scenes I think that'd be interesting I know yeah. I'd love to see how all of that is done because yeah. it's so well done you know you can't tell a lot of it's computerized and um, they're doing a really good job so far. Yeah, yeah I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get to predictions. Mm. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. The flashing lights are, like, disorienting a little bit, you know? <laughs> I think it's because we're still a little tipsy from the party on set. No, I'm just kidding. We're fine. <laughs> All right, predictions, guys. I've got a really good one, but I don't want to go first if y'all are... I don't want to take your thunder, anybody. You can go ahead for my call. Oh, man. Um... I really hadn't thought about it that much. I will. I will say this. I think Chandler is going to get through to his family. Oh, Marina! <laughs> was that your prediction? That was my prediction that he's going to sit on the radio and that he's going to hear his wife's. Damn it! Winning again. <laughs> you guys really think that? Yes. I do. Yeah. Hmm. They've they've shown too many people too many times listening to the radio and now we've seen Chandler at least twice listening to the radio and it's the rule of three in film and television so if it's the third time or somewhere else we are gonna he is gonna get through to somebody he knows or he's gonna make a mistake he is gonna somebody's gonna be in distress and because he's so loyal and helpful and whatever even though he ordered everybody else not to communicate he will have a weak moment pick up the thing and he will communicate with somebody maybe it's not his wife but he'll communicate with somebody he'll open that line and then they've got to deal with it i think that's that's more going to be what happens and they're going to have to deal with the repercussions of then someone else knowing where they're located um and i think at some point um somebody is going to get infected on the show. Think, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time i don't know if it'll be this episode or next episode but obviously we see um that they're going to come into contact with some people. You just blew my mind. How about this? Who deals with the vaccine every day and could get affected? Or who deals with the virus every day and could get infected? Quincy. And? Rachel. Rachel. So why doesn't Rachel get infected with the virus and have to use her own vaccine on herself and we've got ourselves a test subject? We don't need any more monkeys in Costa Rica. We've got ourselves our own, you know, primate of sorts and Rachel Mm -hmm. herself. I don't think that's going to happen. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm just trying to have fun, maybe, man. Maybe, yeah, bubble. maybe a few episodes from now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to outguess Michael Bay here. Come on, what are you doing to me? That would be good, though. Oh, man. All right. Well, um, it would be risky. That yeah. would have us on the edge of our seats. That's the thing. Sure. We'd find out how good Rachel is with yeah. the mm-hmm. vaccine, with all this stuff, and, and if she's, you know, gutsy enough to test it on mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one other prediction. I think Danny and Foster, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be keep having tension between them but i think there's going to be a hot make out session a hot make out mm. session you heard it here for that's very specific not like a reconciliation or they'll get back to you they're gonna no, have a hot i think it's gonna be session. i think it's gonna be you know they're gonna be you know fighting a little bit here and there and then when it happens it's gonna be like passionate. Oh. very passionate yeah all right a little break up and make up yeah. yeah i still think slattery is a bad guy um because there was at one point when um chandler said See, I knew piece of cake, and Slattery looked at him and said, "Never doubted it." And the look that Slattery had on his eyes when Chandler walked away was vicious. Personally, I think was it um, was it vicious or was it just so dehydrated that he was almost about mm-hmm. to die? I think it was vicious, but maybe I've got the wrong impression of him, and it's it's his hot exterior from what we're learning that's making me think mm-hmm. that. But um, I still think there's going to be tension there. And I guess my last prediction, um, Tex Nolan, he's he he is a loose cannon, and I and I don't think now that we've seen him a couple times, I don't think he's a mole or he's evil or anything. Mm-hmm. I think we can trust him in one sense, but we cannot trust him because he's going to screw something up and get everybody into a lot of trouble. Yeah, without a doubt. Agreed. And agree. he cannot get out of it on his own. He's too dumb, gets himself into it, and it's going to affect the whole ship. Mm-hmm. And maybe he yeah. is the one who brings the um, virus on board in some way. Maybe yeah. he does something stupid or whatever. So. I agree. Yeah, Poor I agree. Text. He's not as worried as everybody else. I know, he's hanging out. He yeah. 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 He's just playing. Yeah. He's just having fun. Something's weird about that, <laughs> Tex Nolan. But that's, I like that because he's bringing some light. light and we need him light. for yeah. and We definitely need him for that. All right, guys, social media links. What else is going on? Charlotte, where can we find you? Charlotte B underscore TV on Twitter and Instagram and charlottebroadbenttv.com. charlottebroadbenttv.com. I'll go visit that website right now. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rina Brazil. Rina Brazil. Oh, yeah, we can't talk about the World Cup around you. It's okay. <clears throat> Seven to nothing. You can find me on Twitter at Bobby Demiro, on Instagram at Mr. Bobby Demiro. <laughs> That's it on Last Ship this week, guys. We'll see you next week. And I don't want to announce it too much or tease it, but we do have a special guest who is on the Last Ship. They're going to be in AfterBuzz TV studios with us next week. Not going to tell you who it is. You got to watch to find out. See you then. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 